is Andy Wakefield, and this is the Andy Wakefield Podcast. This is a place where stories are told that have never been heard before. Hi, welcome back to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. My name is Lori Gregory, and we are so full from a fabulous Thanksgiving, but we are here and uh, so happy to be here with you all. Andy, welcome back from Turkey Day. Thank you very much. We, we've got a really wonderful guest. I'm so excited that you invited this guest to come on because I've been a fan of his for a long time. And I know that there are a lot of mamas in the health freedom movement who've big, been big fans of this gentleman. So I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce him for episode 48. That's wonderful. Um, Dr. Bob, Bob Zajak. Yes. How do you pronounce that, Bob? Is that? Yep. Zajac, Zajac. And where is that name from, Bob, originally? So, po- Polish in origin. Polish in origin, wonderful. It is a huge pleasure to have you here. And I have a specific question I want to ask you, which probably you're one of the few people can answer. And so I'll get to that in a minute. But just so that people know exactly who you are and the position you've taken, what you stand for, which I admire enormously. I, I, please just tell us your story, Bob, how you came to where you are now and what it's meant to you. Great, yeah, thanks for the opportunity to be with you. I'm a board certified pediatrician. I took my first job in 2003. And as I was playing the role of primary care pediatrics, something caught my attention early on in my career that I didn't learn everything I needed to know in medical school. Some of the community providers, chiropractors, naturopathic providers, even more of our naturally minded medical doctors were having better health outcomes than I was able to achieve for my patients. As you're aware, and and most of the families that know me, that included observing a higher rate of vaccine reactions um, although I was recommending and and really almost bullying families into the regular CDC schedule, when I watched more carefully, I saw reactions happening. It became unsettling to me because as a pediatrician, the one thing we would never question are vaccines or the vaccine program. Right. And what, what was the consequence of that for you in personal terms, in professional terms? In financial terms, what, what did that mean? Well, um, any any physician starting a practice, that, that's a big financial risk, and we endured a lot of that when we started. But as I became more and more known for my views on informed consent, some people loved that about me, and unfortunately, some people hated that about me and felt that my job as a pediatrician was to present vaccines in a in a most favorable light, really only including the benefit part of the equation and and trying to hide the risk part of the equation. Eventually, the medical board in Minnesota um, received a few complaints, not from patients, from uh, around the country, I suppose. They're always anonymous. But the messaging in the various complaints seemed relatively scripted. The same message from multiple people and we were forced to defend that. Well, things are, are uh, moving forward. Uh, my position is that I'm providing informed consent. The medical board believes that I can't possibly be providing informed consent if patients lose my, leave my office without vaccinating. 
So we're, we're having a disagreement of definition of informed consent. I think I'm right. And I, I believe that if I was going to summarize the Minnesota Medical Board's perspective, um, informed consent means you get the desired outcome no matter what you have to do or say to achieve it. I don't agree. As, uh, as listeners are, are likely aware, there's a lot of uh, a cost involved in defending oneself uh, before medical board and, and uh, soon to be in court. Well, I wish you all the very best with that. I share your view of informed consent. Informed consent means exactly that. It means that the patient or the patient's parent or guardian is fully aware of all of the risks and benefits of the procedure as they're known to the pediatrician. And that really gets to the heart of, of, of what my current dilemma. Now, I've been in this bob for 25, 30 years, and I've talked to thousands of parents. And in the beginning, there was no information. There was very little information. Barbara Low Fisher was in the fight, and, and there were uh, a few other people. But really, it was a, a lonely place exploring the possibilities at that time of vaccine-induced injury. And so there was no internet. There was no there was no way of accessing this information. And so parents were extremely trusting of their doctors. And consequently, I have no doubt the rate of injury accelerated and the number of injuries you know, accumulated around the world. And then just recently, Laurie instituted a strategy where we're, t we're talking. Every week, two parents come on um, with vaccine-injured children and tell their story. And it's it's extremely interesting now, many, many years down the line, listening to the stories that parents are telling, because children continue to be injured. And some of those stories go like this. You know, my child had a vaccine reaction. They had a seizure. They, they, they weren't, clearly weren't well. I discussed it with the doctor. The doctor said it was perfectly fine. It was just part of vaccines. And they continued and they continued. And every time they had a vaccine or a set of vaccines, then they had another reaction. They got worse and worse and worse. But I kept vaccinating. I kept vaccinating. And finally, at the age of two or three, I stopped because it was the, the, the reaction was so profound and so devastating that it was quite clear that I should stop. And still, during that time, the doctor would say, no, 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 this is all confabulation. It's all made up. There's no link. Vaccines are perfectly safe. And I was with the abundance of information that's available now on the internet about vaccine reaction. That was somewhat perplexing. As you know, the new movie is really about getting educated, people taking responsibility for their own health and well being, the wellness of their babies, and understanding from the sort of bottom up what's going into children, what a vaccine reaction is, what the system is that ascertains these reactions or doesn't. And so it goes on. And so it was, without being judgmental at all, I was somewhat perplexed as to why this was continuing. If you were concerned about vaccine safety, if one of your children had been injured, would you not start to research it independently and come to an informed view, albeit that you weren't getting that from your doctor? As I explored this, it became clear that at the heart of this, at the heart of people's reasons for why they continued, despite their response that this is not right, and their clear observations that there was injury in their children, it was the doctor, it was the pediatrician, it was the general practitioner, it was the vaccine 
administrator who reassured them on every occasion. I became very concerned that doctors are playing, by virtue of their ignorance, are playing a central role in this. You took the trouble to educate yourself. You took the trouble to put yourself in a position where you were able to give informed consent. And it strikes me that doctors have an absolute moral and professional obligation to do exactly that. And I, what is, what is your view of that? And what are the obligations on the doctor? It's no good, as far as I'm concerned, blaming the CDC. Oh, well, that's what the CDC tell us to do. No, you have a professional obligation to read the source material, to understand what it is you are basing your advice upon, your informed consent. So having gone through that process, tell me about where you stand on that now, the obligations of the physician. I think that you, you've really, really hit the core concept and the, the difficulties that parents have finding what is traditionally a trusted source, your medical doctor, and having them understand the complexities of the vaccine program, both the history, the history of the diseases, the current state of the various infections, the current state of vaccines, and the marketing and media messaging of course, is that vaccines are safe and effective. You you see that everywhere. And if the medical doctor is receiving their continuing education from a biased source, whether they're aware of it or not, they're only having one side of the equation. And I, I agree with you that we have the utmost responsibility to make sure that when we render an opinion, that the opinion is backed by well-versed and well-sourced information and from both sides of any issue. And that goes back to that concept of informed consent. You've been listening to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. To continue the conversation, go to 1986theact.com slash membership, where for $5 a month, you can subscribe and access the Andy Wakefield Podcast in its entirety and much more. 